this is The House Call. Welcome back to The House Call Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm here with my boys, Alex and Ethan. Do we have a slate of information and bold predictions in review for you today? Obviously, it's playoff time, baby. Divisional rounds coming up. Super wild card weekends in the rearview mirror. But let's hit some big news in there. Obviously, there's a lot of college prospects who are you know, declaring for the draft from C.J. Stroud. But what I'm really looking at is this list of wide receivers right now, guys. Quentin Johnson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jalen Hyatt. There is going to be a slew of wide receiver talent coming out in this draft. A lot of people are going to try to get that number one guy locked up on a rookie contract for the foreseeable future, trying to find the next Justin Jefferson, the next Tyree Kill. All these guys have that potential and more to be the next big superstar on their team. But let's get into some some quick note, quick uh, hits here, fellas. So the Patriots lately have uh, sort of flipped the script here and have been very open with what they're doing from a coaching standpoint and who they're looking for right now. So they not only came out and said that they're looking to keep uh, – Gerard Mayo on the staff and that he's looking probably if he does agree with his contract extension uh, to be an assistant head coach, which is a huge title in New England. It pretty much means that when Bill Belichick's done, if he's still there, Gerard Mayo is stepping directly into that head coaching slot. There's a lot of teams already asking for him to be the head coach. We know Carolina's reached out to them, but what do you make of this uh, whole court sort of change in direction, Alex, that, the Patriots are doing because it's been status quo to keep everything very hush hush until there's a signing or a decision made in that organization. And the only time they really announce anything is when the NFL requires them to, is this sort of showing that, you know, it's not business as usual in new England. Yeah. You know, I think new England is they're bound for change, you know, after a terrible offensive season run by Matt Patricia, I I'm pretty sure bill understood like, okay, we can't we can't do this again. Robert Kraft himself said, you know, it kind of sucks that we haven't won a playoff game in three years because we haven't. Like, you know, we didn't make it this year. Last year we got blitzed by the Bills, and then the year before that with Cam, we didn't make it either. So, you know, this year was it was a reality check for for the uh, the coaching staff, and I think Bill is he's making the right decision here to, you know, adjust adjust the coaching staff. Um, Patricia's uh, rumored to not even be on the staff. Um, next season because his Lions contract is actually almost up. So we don't know if the Patriots are going to be willing to pay him to, you know, consistently coach the team. If, you know, we do re-sign him, I think it'd definitely be more on the defensive side of the ball. You know, when he was when he was here in New England as the defensive coordinator, he was, you know, we had one of the best defenses. So I think, you know, adding that talent to the defense would be fantastic, you know, for the coaching staff. When it comes to Gerard Mayo, got to, got to bring him back. Like, He's he's a necessity. Like he's he's our guy, you know. And so you know, all in all, I think this is a step in the right direction for the Patriots. Um, you know, looking at the offensive coordinators, you know, Bill O'Brien, um, Staley, the you know the tight ends coach. You know, I think we're moving in the right direction here, and we we need change because we want to get back to the former glory we used to be. Yeah, they're definitely reaching out. There's a lot of names coming up. I think they just announced that uh, Oregon's offensive coordinator is on the list of interviews now. Minnesota's wide receiver coach is also on the list of interviews. They are reaching out to a lot of people, and they're being very open. And like you said, I think this is Robert Kraft more than it is anything. Robert Kraft, is he came down, he pinned that letter to 
the ticket holders into Patriots Nation stating, you know, this is not going to last. We are not doing this again. We are going to have change. There is going to be change in this organization. And like you said, this is definitely something that's been coming, right? Because since Brady's left, this is a 500 team. That's that's the writing on the wall right there. Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches ever. But we've seen some problems here, and it's time for the Patriots to start adapting and getting with the times because they've been in their own little world for far too long. And when you have the greatest quarterback and the greatest coach tandem together, you can kind of do what you want, but that time has passed. Another big thing that has to deal with coaches right now is that the Chargers, after blowing a huge lead, one of the biggest leads blown in playoff history, are now rumored to be strongly considering keeping Brandon Staley, and now they fire their offensive coordinator and their QB coach. Which brings me to you, Ethan. Is this the biggest scapegoat firing that you've ever seen because this is clear to me it is to me it is this is a scapegoat and those guys happen to be on the chopping block because Brandon Staley cannot accept that this is his fault in my opinion no I, I agree with you there I don't think he I don't think he wants to believe it's his fault when it really is I, I feel like firing their offensive coordinator wasn't the way to go I feel like actually firing the head coach was the way to go <laughs> <laughs> I mean I've talked to Chargers fans. I've seen social media. Everyone wants him gone. But they fire their coordinator instead. Come on. I, yeah, I, it's a scapegoat, man. And everyone has said this. And and I, I, I saw it, right? And this happened consecutively. They fired the OC. And like two and a half hours later, the QB coach was out the door with him. And it's like everyone knows Everyone knows. Like, do you, do you think it was the OC's decision or the QB coach's decision to play Mike Williams at the end of a, in a game that didn't matter? To play their starters in a game that didn't matter? That comes from the head coach. Winning or losing that game did absolutely nothing for them. And they lost Mike Williams. And you can't tell me that the Chargers don't win that game if Mike Williams is on there. Now, I understand. A defense gave up a lot of points. But their offense also didn't score any more points either. <laughs> All right? And I get it. you got to make adjustments. But at the same time, it falls on the head coach. Head coach's decisions, that's the problem. Brandon Staley needs to be gone. And if he is not gone by the end of the season, I'm sorry, Chargers fans, enjoy that. Because that is an ownership failing to to place accountability where it needs to be. And that is the God's honest truth. Because you cannot look at that Chargers roster and tell me it has performed to its talent level the last three years. Because it has not. Not even in the slightest bit. It is not even close. But talking about, you know, people that probably, speaking of the Chargers, who should probably be calling for another head coach, Sean Payton is taking calls, and I believe he just got an interview, finished up an interview process with the Houston Texans because uh, they were looking for a new coach after the releasing Lovey Smith last week. So I'm going to ask both of you this question. Alex, I'll start with you. Does Sean Payton co- coach next year, and where do you see it being? Well, you know, I, I think he does coach. I think he does. he does get a job. Um, next season. I don't think it's going to be Houston. I think it's going to be Denver because Denver was already in the market for a head coach. They tried to get Harbaugh, but he said he was going back to Michigan. So it's like, okay, cool. Your next best option is probably going to be Sean Payton. You know, excuse me. I think he goes to Denver. I think, you know, Denver gets Sean Payton. Um, I think their offense looks a lot better. I think the whole team looks a lot better because on paper, the team's not bad, you know. But really, and you, you, part it's partially on Russell Wilson's poor performance this year. I don't, 
we don't need to talk about that. You know, there was a joke I saw on a Twitter the other day. It was like Russell Wilson has more bathrooms in his house than he has touchdowns this year. Like, well, he, he did end up meet, he did not end up having as many touchdowns as he has bathrooms in his house at by the end of the year. Let's be clear. It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous though. <laughs> like it as a starting quarterback, let alone as a renowned quarterback, you know, someone who's well known around the league, Super gotta, Bowl gotta, champion, yeah, MVP like, candidate in the past. <laughs> you gotta you gotta perform better, like you do, you know. And like I said, a lot of that falls on him, but a lot of that also falls on the head coach. Like, you, you know, he didn't he didn't put Russ in a situation to win, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I think if Russ gets Sean Payton, that's a team you need to keep an eye out for. They're actually my dark horse to win the Super Bowl next year if they get Sean Payton. Really? Okay. Well, that we'll chalk that up because I know that uh, Matt was here last week and he was sitting here telling us that the Lions, you can write it down. You can check the box. They're going to the Super Bowl next year. So based on that, Alex and Matt have kind of predicted our, our Super Bowl next year. It's going to be Denver and the Lions. And honestly, I don't know how that, I don't know how I feel about that. You know what I mean? Like Lions, I can see Denver. I'm like, oh. But I mean, still, Denver Lions Super Bowl, if it happens, the house call had it first. We'll see how that goes. But Ethan, does Sean Payton coach next year? And if so, where? I, I feel like Sean Payton's just busting everyone's balls right now. And like, oh, I'm going to take all these interviews. I'm, I'm just not going to coach because fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be a Sean Payton thing. I just didn't see the opportunity. I'm going to go back to being on TV. for. A I'm going to go back to retirement. I'm going to enjoy it. But it's like the Saints want a first round pick for his rights either way. And do I see a lot of teams giving that up? Probably not. I feel like some team would be stupid enough to do so. But I just realistically don't think that Sean Payton's actually going to coach. I feel like he's just busting everyone's balls about it. I mean, it's a possibility. I, I, I see some teams out there that I'm like, Sean Payton would like that team. Sean Payton would like that team. I think that there's a lot of – there's some teams out there right now that are looking for head coaches that like like Denver that has, you know, all the talent in the wide receiver room. You know, they have the defense. They're just looking for someone that can put an offense together that can make some stuff happen. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Sean Payton, the, the teams that have reached out to him so far do not have anything worthwhile to come back to. I just, they just don't. I, I don't see anything worth coming back to outside of maybe Denver. Like you said, they have to send a first-round pick. Where's all Denver's, where's Denver's first-round picks at? Seattle. They're over in Seattle. That's where they're at. <laughs> you know, so they don't have, they don't have any first-round picks to send. So I, I don't know. It's going to be tough, but – Let's go ahead and dive into some recap of Wild Card Weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend, as has become to know or has, you know, been known recently. We're going to start with uh, a game that, for the first half, looked really good, and then you blinked, and it was over, and it was not a good game. <laughs> and that is going to be the Seahawks and the 49ers. Ethan, you know, recapping this game, obviously, you know, I, I, I thought the Seahawks would keep it closer than they than they did. And, it, and for a half, it looked like they were going to. This looked like it was a game, you know. And then Brock Purdy and that 49ers offense just absolutely decimated them in the second half. What, what, did you, what were your takeaways from this game? I was enjoying it. You know, I was loving every single down of that game up until halftime. You know, Seahawks just grabbed the lead. And then the third quarter starts and it's like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> where did everything go? Where did the offense go? Where did the defense go? Next thing you know, you know, the 49ers are winning by 20. It's it's just upsetting. I had high hopes for the Seahawks. I wanted them to make it a good game. And they were doing so until they didn't. 
Yeah, I mean, it really was just one of those things where it suddenly just got away from him. And I was I was on that train. I was like, you know, Kenneth Walker, you know, uh, Geno's been playing really well. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, the defense is sneaky good. They can keep it close. And then Brock Purdy has four touchdowns, you know, and like 400 <laughs> yard, total yards of offense. And Mr. Irrelevant is uh, relevant as hell right now in that 49ers locker room. Um, let's move on to another game here, Alex. Here's a game that we just talked about with a team that should fire its head coach and a team that just for <laughs> cannot play a full game of football, but when they they can fit a full game of football into a half of football based on the amount of points they were able to put up in the second half of this game. I'm talking Los Angeles Chargers, Jacksonville Jaguars. What were your takeaways from this game, man? So I was actually watching this game at the bar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen, because I, I had made a bet. I made a bet, and I said um, I bet $250 that the Jaguars are going to win this game. And, like, at half, I was, like, really scared because I was like, I kind of don't have $250 right now. So <laughs> You're in there uh, drinking, your, drinking your fears away. It's like, yeah, I should probably pretty, save pretty the $250 much. I'm knocking it down. But. but, like, yeah, but, you know, more on a serious note, I don't know what happened in that locker room. Jacksonville, I say, and I quote, woke the hell up. Oh, they yeah. woke the hell up and they came to play. You, you guys remember Trevor Lawrence had what three or four turnovers in the first half? Your four and he proceeded, yeah. <laughs> and then he proceeded to throw what four touchdowns in the second. Like, yeah, <laughs> he was like, "All right," the, he said, "They had us in the first half." <laughs> yeah, not gonna lie, like that. There has never been a game that more embodied that that damn meme than this yeah, damn game. They had bro. us in the first half, and oh, then they did. Jacksonville just steps the hell up, and they win the game, and. I, I don't see how, if you're Brandon Staley, I don't see how you don't go out there in public, like on the news, whatever, you know, in an interview and be like, you know what? This is on me. This is on me. You got to you gotta take responsibility for that. You know, if they had won the game, it'd be a different story. Like, oh, yeah. but you lost. Like, it's not as bad as what happened with the Colts and the Vikings, but this is the playoffs we're talking about here. You know, yeah. you win the game, you move on. You have a chance at a Super Bowl. And the offense and the team itself is not bad. Like ASJ had what three picks? It three yeah. picks in the game. So you have you have the team to win that game. And I, I don't see how I don't see how you blow it. I really yeah, don't. I don't. I don't see how you force four turnovers in the first half. You you're leading by like th- three plus scores and still lose this game. All right, like it's not supposed to happen. And this is why I can't believe that Brandon Staley still has a job. All right, because for a team that should have won some playoff games and like be in contention and be up there with like the Bills and and the Bengals and these these AFC powerhouses, that is the Jacksonville or I mean that is the Los Angeles Chargers, and they just got beat by a team that literally is in the worst division in the AFC. Like there is not a division in the there is not a team in the AFC South that I think could have finished probably above third in any other. <laughs> In the other division in the AFC, and they literally lose to this team. I don't get it at all, but we'll move on to another game, and this is a game that actually surprised the hell out of me. I thought that the Buffalo Bills were going to absolutely roundhouse kick the Miami Dolphins straight back to Miami, and they wouldn't even touch the ground all the way back from Orchard Park, all right? That's how bad. I I thought they didn't even need to show up in this game, and somehow this is a three-point game at the end, and you're talking about, you know, some a few key plays here and there, and we're talking about how the Dolphins upset the Bills in Orchard Park to keep their postseason alive, and it just didn't happen. But Ethan, what were your takeaways from this game, man? 
Dude, I was watching it, and I'm like, how the hell is Skylar Thompson actually making this a game? I mean, hell, I thought it would be a repeat of New England and Buffalo last year. No, it was the exact opposite. It was one hell of a game. And I wish I watched all of it because, I mean, you look at it and you look at Miami. It's like, oh, you don't have Tua, you don't have Teddy. You're going to rely on their practice squad, Mike Glennon and Skylar Thompson to lead the way to victory. And they somehow almost did. I can't tell you how surprised everyone would be if Miami actually pulled that off. I feel like Buffalo wouldn't get wouldn't stop getting hate for the next year about it. Well, I forget what the spread was in this game, but it was something massive. You're like they they did not they did not think that Miami was going to be within one score of the Buffalo Bills. That's how bad they thought Miami was going to get beat. And not only did Miami cover that spread, but like Skylar Thompson, I didn't think he was going to throw a touchdown. I thought, you know, even with all the talent and everything, I thought the Bills defense was going to tear him apart. He was going to make mistakes and he wasn't going to throw a touchdown. You're talking about bets. And like that was one of the like, on the house bets segment we do. I was like, yeah, the Dolphins don't have a shot, man. Like this is going to be this is going to be a slaughter. And the only thing I learned about this game is that the Buffalo Bills legit frauds. Legit frauds. Yeah, yeah, like something something to think about. The Dolphins proves that the Buffalo Bills are very human. Very human. <laughs> They ain't they ain't as as good as they seem. I'm like, okay. On one hand, it's like, all right, it's wild card weekend. I mean, but it's also the Miami Dolphins. And I should I should have known better though, because Miami's kept it close with them every single game they've played this year. Like, if it feels like Miami just knows what Buffalo is going to do, and they have like the perfect like like McDaniel wakes up and just had like in the middle of the night, like two a.m. Preparing for the when, he, when the, during the preparation week and just goes, I got it. And he comes in and he draws some crazy shit up on the board and they're like, he's like, they're like, I don't know what that is because he's like, don't worry about it, it's going to work. And they just come out on the football field and it works. Like he's got the he's got the answer. He's the Buffalo Bill whisperer, bro. Because I don't know how a team that rolls out Skylar Thompson under center, I don't care what weapons he got, and you manage to keep it within a three, you almost have a chance to beat the Buffalo Bills. Blows my mind. Let's move on to another game here. I. I call this, all right? And I don't know why I called this, but I called this. And I have a question for you guys. Um, Tom Brady is a free agent this year. I knew if you put Tom coming. Brady in this Minnesota Vikings offense, he wins a Super Bowl, am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like he like, dominates, right? That offensive line's good. He's got a kick-ass running back in Dalvin Cook. He's got the best wide receiver in Justin Jefferson. He's got TJ Hawkinson, who's a really good tight end. He's got Adam Thielen as a second thing. He's got Jalen Rager. This is my my free agent destination for Tom Brady is the Minnesota Vikings. I say Kirk Cousins is gone. They trade him. They get him out of there. They use the extra cap space and restructures. They sign Tom Brady to a one-year deal for like $20 million. He goes to Minnesota. Minnesota wins the Super Bowl next year. And and that's how it goes. That's my dream situation, okay? And it sounds crazy as hell. It really does. But you cannot tell me. And I and I, I went to StatRack, right? Or, or I went to StatRack.com, and they do a nice little, like, uh, you can do a predictor on there, right, to figure out how it works. And if they restructure, like, three guys' deals and trade Kirk Cousins away from there, they can sign, they can sign Tom Brady. If that happens, I will legitimately pay you. 
Oh, bro. It would, I would laugh so damn hard. Minnesota, city of Minnesota, GM of Minnesota, everything like that. If you're not calling Tom Brady right now, if you can, I don't know, don't tamper, but if you haven't thought about this, because like they're always saying, oh, we expect Kirk Cousins back next year. Why? Why? You can't win with him. He will not win you a Super Bowl. Kirk is a is a regular season quarterback who literally cannot get you over the hump. And he has the best wide receiver in football. By any measure that you want to go on. Fan, you know, fantasy football, statistics, yards, you know, everything. Like he's got the best wide receiver in football. And he's still okay. mid. <laughs> and he's still mid. Still mid. How do you like that? I don't. I don't, Kirk. But let's get into the game. All right. There's nothing of my crazy rant. New York Giants, Minnesota Vikings. Alex, what did you see in this game? It was a revenge game, for sure. The Giants walked into that game, and they were like, yeah, you got a game-winning field goal off of us last time. We're not going to let that happen again. Dexter Lawrence was popping the hell off. He was murdering that offensive line. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, put some respect on his name. All pro. Put some respect on his name, bro. Put some respect on his name. Put some respect on his name. The Giants walked in, and they were like, all right, so here's what's going to happen, and you're going to do it. This is how it's going to happen, whether you like it or not. And they went in there, and they beat the Vikings after losing to them and getting embarrassed by them last time off of a game-winning field goal. They're still not going to make it to play the front. Game-winning field goal. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was phenomenal in that game. Oh, yeah. He did exactly what he needed to do. Against a subpar Minnesota defense. I don't care what anybody says. The offense may have been good because of Justin Jefferson. But that defense stood no chance. Stood no chance. And I called it. I knew they were going to lose. I just knew it. Oh, I did too. I, I knew too. Because I knew it was going to be an ugly football <clears throat> game. They were going to be, be a defensive struggle. And I knew that the Giants were going to win this game. I picked them to win this game. And you know what? They did. And I like the Giants. I think the Giants in playoff football and the in the cold and all these things that they can do and how they win ugly. They win with defense. They got a running game. They got a quarterback who knows who, who can take care of the ball right now. And Brian Dabble is coach of the year. Coach of the year. I don't care what anyone else says. That man gets that award. All right. Because let's be real here. He's got the same roster Joe Judge had, and they're in the damn playoffs right now. And they just beat the number two seed. Literally, it's it's either it was either going to be him or it was going to be Sirianni. One, yeah. not even it wasn't even close. It was one of those two people. And my I'm on Dabble right now. If Dabble, we'll get into it. We'll get into it in, in the in the predictions here. But we're, Brian Dabble is my coach of the year. Can't convince me otherwise. But let's keep this train a rolling, and we're going to go to Cincinnati, where they just took on Baltimore in a game that once again I thought Cincinnati was going to roll. I thought they were going to roll. I, you cannot tell me that with the Baltimore Ravens rolling out a third-string quarterback. Lamar Jackson isn't playing. They're completely riddled. The offense has been lackluster pretty much since midseason. The defense is a gaping hole. And somehow the Baltimore Ravens come fingertips on a Hail Mary away from sending this game to overtime and possibly winning it and upsetting the Cincinnati Bengals. Was there a game this weekend that went the way it was supposed to, in all honesty? Was there a game? I don't understand it all. But, Ethan, what did you see in this game, man? If he doesn't fumble at the goal line, they win the game. I'm going to say that right there. I think they win the game if they don't fumble there. It was just 
it was so much better than I expected. You know, I was checking in every now and then, and it's like, they're actually keeping this shit close. I don't know how they're doing it, but they are. Like For no reason. Real- There's no reason. Can we, can we- <laughs> There's no. no reason you should be doing that good against Cincinnati. I mean, I thought Cincinnati was just going to, you know, low blow them and just run away. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I mean, yeah. All right, so I have a highlight from this game because I also watched this game, or I was at least keeping track of it. The highlight of that game was uh, definitely Mark Andrews because I that Mark Andrews is a big dude. That's a big dude. And he was moving. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> he's just – he's too big to be moving that fast. <laughs> hey, in all honesty, from a fantasy football standpoint, Mark Andrews is the best damn tight end you can have. And you can't convince me otherwise. Right? I know Travis Kelsey's there, and everyone likes to talk about how good Travis Kelsey is. Mark John Andrews. Smith, obviously. Oh, Jonathan Smith, number one. That, that's the OG, bro. That, that's like, top tier. Top tier. Like, he took his headphones off walking away because of that. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was pure sarcasm for everyone out there watching. I'm sorry. We will not say things like that again. Uh, I, I sincerely apologize. All right, yeah, all of you. All you should. It. You should. We Alex is raging in a corner right now for because we brought even didn't even mentioned Johnu Smith's name. Okay, literally, look at him. <laughs> utter disbelief, complete and utter shock. Okay, like you you have just shaved years off this man's life from the stress you just put him in. Yeah, so we're gonna I'll, move I'll on send to a different you a letter and just we, apologize. Yeah, you need to apologize to everyone who watches this episode for even even joking about it. We all know it's a joke, and we still hate that you said it. All right, so but let's move on to a game that I actually thought that you know, and, and this was a lot of buildup to this game. Tom Brady has never lost to the Dallas Cowboys. You know, playoff Tom Brady's a totally different guy, and then they just get completely stomped at home by the Cowboys. And in a game where their kicker missed four consecutive extra points. But besides the kicker pretty much throwing, Alex, what were your other takeaways from this game, man? This game went exactly how I thought it was going to go. And that's not me being a Tom Brady hater. I'm literally wearing a Tom Brady jersey right now. (laughs) That is me. That is me being a football fan and saying Tampa Bay has been mid all year and you're playing one of the best teams in the league. Now, granted, you could have said the same for Jacksonville and Los Angeles, but the Chargers were going to charge her regardless. So yeah. we can we can push and the that Vikings aside. were going to Vikings. <laughs> yeah, like like literally. But with Tom, I was like, listen, Tom, you're what forty five. Listen, bro, you're not going to win this game. It's okay. The minute, the minute they started bringing up the talk about like Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys, I'm like, he's going to lose this weekend. Watch. Yeah. Announcers jinx right off the bat, man. Yep. And you know, honestly, I I didn't. I don't think the Cowboys did anything surprising or over the top or, or anything really that like shock and odd me, you know what I mean? They're, I still think that they're, they're, I'd put them in the same category as Minnesota. I think they're going to do what Minnesota did. They face a good team. I don't know if they're going to win. I don't because I mean, they barely beat an Eagles team that had, you know, Gardner and I'm not, this is not Gardner slander. I love Gardner Minshew. I really do. I think he's he's got a lot of promise as a quarterback. I think he's got some he's got some shortcomings, but I definitely think he could start in this league. That's my opinion. However, he is not Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Let's be 100% clear on that. Like if Jalen Hurts plays that game, the Cowboys definitely lose that game. But yeah, the Bucks 
stumbled into the playoffs, didn't deserve to be there, and this game proved it. But now that we have done our recaps, let's hear some predictions. And we're going to start with an AFC matchup, one seed versus the four seed, Chiefs versus Jaguars matchup in Kansas City. Here we go. We got Trevor Lawrence in the hair versus Mahomes and his bag of tricks. Ethan, who you got in this game, man? Um, I want to see another like uh, ring around the rosy type thing in this game. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to see. Um, oh but overall, I feel like this is going to be a closer game than some people may think. I mean, please note that they nearly lost to Houston. Just like what, two weeks ago, three weeks they ago, they nearly lost to Houston. They did lose to the Colts. I mean, if yeah, anything, I, AFC South is the Kansas City kryptonite, bro. <laughs> I, I feel like the Chiefs' defense is gonna just do shit against the Jags' offense. I mean, you look at it, and you would think an offense that had Trevor Lawrence, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk wouldn't be that good, but somehow it is. I feel like it's going to be a lot closer than some people think, but I'm still going to have to give the edge to the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, so I I always say this, right? Whenever I'm talking about the Jaguars, if Zay Jones has eight catches or, like, gets a decent amount of targets and he has close to 100 yards and he gets a touchdown, they win. when he performs really well, the Jaguars win, win the football game. And you know what he had? He had like eight catches and a touchdown around 100 yards in that comeback win against the Chargers. So Zay Jones, man, Jaguars, just feed Zay Jones because he's your he's your golden ticket to winning football games. And I've been saying it all year, not because I had him on my fantasy league and I needed him to, to help me win a championship, <laughs> which he did, by the way, not going to lie. Thank you, Zay Jones. Best pickup I ever made. Not, and But I'm, I'm with you. Chiefs all the way. I, I, I think Jacksonville has some, some you know, upset potential there but they cannot play a half of football like they played in the first half against the chargers and expect to come back against this this, uh, chiefs team it will not happen but let's move on to the next game here and this is another rematch the third time these teams have faced it's got massive implications here you've got a philadelphia eagles team jalen hurts is back he's still kind of nursing this injury going up against a giants team that's riding high just beat the minnesota vikings on a revenge game they are on a revenge tour they're going to be playing in philly that place is going to be absolutely crazy they these teams have no love for each other it's going to be a defensive battle a lot of brute stuff an ugly football game but alex who do you got here man so I might get slandered for this. Ooh. I got the Giants. I got an upset pick. So, so the reason the reason I have the Giants is because yes, Jalen Hurts will be starting, but he will not be at full health. He will not be at full strength. He's still like you said, he's nursing that injury. So I doubt he plays at a hundred percent. And if he does, he's probably gonna get injured. And, you know, and, no, and this is no disrespect to Gardner Minshew. He's a great quarterback, and he has the potential to start in the league for sure if he goes to the right team. But he's not going to be the guy that's going to beat the Giants. If Dexter Lawrence has the game that he had against Minnesota versus the Eagles, Giants win that game all the way. So I'm going to root for the Giants. I hate the Giants because they beat us in two Super Bowls. But, you know, nice. <laughs> I, I got him. I got him. I got I to gotta rep the Giants on this one. I got to upset I- yeah, I've been on the Giants train all year, all year. Like I said, Brian Dabble, coach of the year. I don't care what anyone says. There's no way you cannot give this man coach of the year when he takes a team that was literally a middling team, didn't do anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it middling, bottom of 
the the uh, bottom team. They were a bottom tier team under Joe Judge, right? Completely under turmoil. You, you saw it, a third and like 18 quarterback sneak, all right, at the end of the season. Like, this is what they did. And this team is almost identical to what Joe Judge had. And they are now in the playoffs with a chance to go to the NFC Championship game after knocking off a two seed. And all they got, the only thing standing in their way is the Eagles. And they're riding high. And this it's a game, it's a, it's a game of ebbs and flows, though. And as much as I want to say the Giants are going to win this game, I just can't get over the fact of how good the Eagles are on both sides of the ball. I really can't. I think that, you know, for the Giants to be good, Saquon Barkley has to be a factor, and he has to control the game. They have to control the line of scrimmage and have to let him run the football, and I just don't know if they can do that against this Eagles team. So I'm going to have to go with the Eagles here. I know I know that this is a tough one, and we can't wait, but let's move on to another game. You got the Cincinnati Bengals, who almost lost to a lackluster team in the Baltimore Ravens, and you got the Buffalo Bills, who almost lost to a lackluster team with a, with a third-string quarterback in the Miami Dolphins, and they're facing each other to see who goes to the AFC Championship game. And it almost feels like who is going to be the bigger fraud on Sunday <laughs> because both of these teams should have dominated their their wild super wild card weekend matchups, and they couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Where's your head at, Ethan? Um, I, I feel like I'm in the same boat as you. I feel I really feel like that it's really gonna prove who is the biggest fraud. <laughs> it really is. I, I mean that's I, what it feels like. You look <laughs> at it and I mean, I just can't realistically see Buffalo stopping the Cincinnati offense. I can't see it. Obviously, you know, if maybe Buffalo had Von Miller, that's a whole different story. Von Miller is going to tear up that O-line. But I just can't see them stopping Cincinnati's offense. You look at it, you got weapons across the board. Three receivers you got to worry about, and then you got a running back. I just, I don't see, I don't see Buffalo winning this. I think it's going to be close. Yeah, It's going to be very close. It might even go to overtime. <laughs> I just see Cincinnati winning this. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been saying wait for Cincinnati to get it going. Wait for them to get rolling, right? Wait for them to get their their mojo back. The offense will get healthy, the offensive line will play better. Joe Burrow's going to Joe Burrow and they'll be they'll going to hit it just like they did last year, right at the playoffs. They'll come into the playoffs, they'll be the the Cincinnati Bengals we saw last year. They'll be this team that beat the Kansas City Chiefs and they're going to go to the Super Bowl again and I feel like every weekend I'm waiting for it. It's not happening. And then at the beginning of the year, I did a video that, you know, said, Hey, Josh Allen and, and you know, Cam Newton, same stats. And so Josh Allen's going to win the MVP and the Buffalo bills are going to go to the super bowl. And that I've kind of been waiting for that whole thing to come true. And now I look like an idiot because, you know, they haven't done that and they haven't looked like the Buffalo bills. I mean, neither of these teams look like what we expected them to look like. They haven't done the things we've expected them to do. And it's kind of disappointing. So I don't even know where my head's at. Buffalo's the favorite they're playing in Buffalo, but at the same time, I just feel like Cincinnati could go in there and beat them. I just, it's a flip of a coin game for me. I really do feel like it is more of a flip of a coin game than probably any of these other games. But we're going to roll into the final game of the divisional round, Alex. And this is a game where it's it's the closest game by by point spread on the slate. 
Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott versus the 49ers and Brock Purdy. Who you got? The 49ers. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, the, the 49ers <laughs> are going to win this game. I, you know, you, you could argue, well, Micah Parsons is going to tear up the offensive line. It depends on who he's going against. It really does. Yeah. Because you're going up against Trent Williams. Sorry, Mike. I don't think you win in that one. No. I, don't think, I don't think you win in that one, buddy. They're going to be chipping teams. them all day. Yeah. George Kittle I, I, is going to be chipping him. Every side that Micah Parsons is on, George Kittle is going to line up on that side. Yep. They're going to chip the Jordan. shit out of him. And if, and if he lines up on the other side, they're just going to motion George Kittle to that side, and they're going to chip the shit out of him. Yeah, And exactly. honestly, you got Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Brock Purdy. These guys, like Brock Purdy is playing out of his mind, and I would love nothing more. The Mr. Irrelevant, go to the NFC Championship game, go to the Super Bowl, and win a Super Bowl. Because you know how long I've been waiting for a Mr. Irrelevant to be relevant? Do you know how long? How My long, entire bro? damn life, man. <laughs> One, it's so bad, dude. I'm such a sucker for an underdog story, bro. I really am, Alex. I really am. Do you, are you a sucker for an underdog story, man? Yeah, yeah, I am. I really am. 20 nah. years, they're going to make a movie out of it. They, oh, they bro, really, will be they've already done Kurt Warner and they've already done something <laughs> with Tom Brady too. Don't don't expect this to be you know anything. <laughs> don't expect to be anything different. It'll probably be the same. No, but I, I do have the I got the 49ers winning this game all day. Um it's not that the Cowboys offense is bad or the Cowboys defense is bad, but Brock Purdy is playing out of his mind right now. They're they're on a roll. What's that? What, ten straight wins? Yeah, like, and Brock Purdy's undefeated. Yeah. Like <laughs> and not to mention the Cowboys you're going up against the number one defense in the league. Fred Warner, you know, that pass rush was it Eric Armstead, um, Javon Kinlaw, uh, like guy, young guys that I just think are just going to bully the Cowboys. Like, I, I don't think it's, I think it'll be a close game, but I got, I got the 49ers winning that. Like my Super Bowl prediction is Bengals 49ers. Like that's my Super Bowl prediction. Oh man. Okay. Well, we'll see how that works out this divisional round. See if uh, Alex can keep his Super Bowl matchup alive. But that's all we got for the house call today. We've covered our games. We've given you the recap. We've hit some of the big news. Be sure to go to our merch store. It's linked below. So is our code for uh, Liquid IV. You can get 25% off your first order there at Liquid IV using our code, the underscore house, underscore call, underscore podcast. They got all kinds of hydration products, all kinds of stuff like that, multiple different flavors. You can get whatever you want there. Order it. I use it all the time. Helps me stay hydrated. The other thing you see below us, that is our website and our affiliate link. We have some great affiliates that are working with the house call right now. We have StubHub. They are working with us right now. You can go to StubHub for your game tickets, your concert tickets, your show tickets, whatever it may be. They got tickets as low as $6 for some of the best events in the country, as well as coming up Super Bowl tickets, divisional round tickets. If you're going to any of these games, if you want to get uh, conference conference tickets to some of these games. Use our code below. Use Go to StubHub. Get your tickets. I'm telling you right now, you won't regret it. Also, another one of our affiliates is sportsmemorabilia.com. They are also on, if you follow that link down there, the tech, house tech call.com forward slash affiliates. Their link is there. You can go there, get all of your uh, officially licensed merchandise, whether it's autographed or unautographed merchandise there. You can go there, get that stuff, get some collectibles for the sports fan in your life. Even if that sports fan is you but that's all we got here at the house call today i'm joe that's ethan and that's alex and we want to say thank you for tuning in we'll see you next time at the house call podcast beater beef is a very heavy favorite considering the dominance he's showcased in the light heavyweight division yard knows that he likely won't win on points 